Joe Biden's disastrous Afghanistan policy left millions under the rule of the Taliban and got 13 American soldiers killed, but the media don't care. Neo gets hammered for telling the truth about gender, and more charges are on their way for Donald Trump. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Thousands of my listeners have already secured their network data. Join them at expressvpn.com slash Ben. So yesterday in Escondido, California, the families, 13 service members who were murdered in a terrorist attack at Kabul Airport in 2021, held a press conference along with the senior member of the House Foreign Affairs Committee, Congressman Daryl Issa from Orange County. Well, they, uh, they appeared at Escondido City Hall and they called on the Biden administration to give them some answers and inform the public as to how their loved ones actually died in this terrorist blast. This is still the single most egregious act I've ever seen a president undertake. The cowardly, pusillanimous, and disgusting pullout from Afghanistan without any plan whatsoever, the complete collapse of Afghanistan to the Taliban, the millions of people left behind, the hundreds to thousands of Americans who were left behind in enemy hands, the green card holders who were not able to get out, the translators who were left to be murdered, the people falling from wheel wells, American soldiers being blown up at the airport because proper security was not actually guaranteed. It was feckless, it was ridiculous, and Joe Biden has never paid the political price for it. Joe Biden's approval rating dumped into the 40s at that point. It has never quite recovered, but he has never paid a real political price for it simply because in 2022, the election became all about various Senate candidates who were hand-chosen by his political opponents. But the real story of Joe Biden's presidency is not about the economy. It is not even about Hunter Biden. The real story of Joe Biden's presidency is encapsulated in the arrogance, the egotism, the disgusting self involvement of the president of the United States in presiding over the greatest foreign policy disaster of my lifetime, and then just blithely talking it away. It really is disgusting. And the way that this person who was perceived as warm and generous and fuzzy and cuddly, the guy who nuzzles small children for no reason that anyone can comprehend, the fact that this person was so cold and calculating, not just about the the running away from a 20-year commitment and the sacrifice of a country to the Taliban. Not just that he was cold and calculating about that, but that he really did not care what happened to the people who got left behind, including American soldiers, could not be more evident. And that was certainly evident from the testimony of the Gold Star family members and wounded soldiers who actually were at this press conference yesterday. And the media did not pay this anywhere sort of attention. They would have if the president of the United States were Donald J. Trump. Because again, it underscores what kind of person Joe Biden is. Joe Biden is not a good person. Joe Biden is the kind of person who ignores a four-year-old grandchild for four years if he thinks it's politically beneficial for him to do so. Joe Biden is the kind of person whose entire career has lied about others. He's the kind of person who slandered a, a man who was involved in a car crash with his wife in which his wife and one of his children were killed. And he slandered that person as a drunk driver for like 30 years. That's the kind of person that Joe Biden is. Joe Biden is a person who cares first and foremost about himself. And that is perfectly obvious in the way that he treated these Gold Star family members. Remember, in 2015, 2016, when Donald Trump was running for president of the United States the first time, he got into a widely publicized spat with Kaiser Khan, who's a Gold Star family member, who was actually a speaker at the Democratic National Convention talking about how much he disliked Donald Trump and all the rest and how Donald Trump was a racist and a xenophobe and all all of this. And Donald Trump went at him and this became a major issue of contention in the 2016 election campaign. Joe Biden is currently, he's not a candidate. He's currently the president of the United States. He was the president of the United States when 13 American service members were murdered in Kabul. And the treatment of these Gold Star family members was egregious and disgusting. And the media don't care. They don't care. These Gold Star family members are of no consequence to them. 
No one knows their names. No one gives them coverage. These are not people who you're going to see on the nightly news. You're not going to see interviews with wounded soldiers. Those wounded soldiers, you only get interviews with them if there's a, a, a peculiar belief that Donald Trump has done something really, really bad. You remember during the Trump presidency, supposedly he didn't pay proper homage at Normandy. He didn't go out onto the beach or something because it was raining. And this is widely reported by Jeffrey Goldberg at The Atlantic without any real support. And it turns out the story really had nothing to it. Where's Jeffrey Goldberg in The Atlantic on this? So let's get into some of the things that the Gold Star family members actively said at this California press conference yesterday, paying tribute to the victims of the Afghanistan terror attack to claim the lives of 13 American service members. A couple, it was only a couple of years ago. Here's the mother of fallen Marine Colonel Hunter Lopez, who read the names of the dead U.S. service members in Afghanistan yesterday. I ask that our children are honored, those injured, and those that made it home from HKIA. That they be honored by speaking the truth. Staff Sergeant Taylor Hoover, Sergeant Nicole G, Sergeant Johanny Pachardo, Staff Sergeant Ryan Nouse, Joe Biden, he won't mention these people's names. He mentioned them a couple of years ago, and that was it. You've never heard of him again. Again, if Donald Trump were president and this were the sort of press conference that were being held by the families of dead soldiers, it would be front page news all over the country. I remember because in the 2004 election campaign, I'm old enough to remember that one. I remember the attempts to paint George W. Bush as responsible for the death of American soldiers, and it became like a real major political issue for George W. Bush. So again, the rule is when a Republican is president, and troops are either put in danger or not even in danger. Proper homage isn't paid to the graves of soldiers. This is a major political story. When a Democrat is president, we just pretend it doesn't exist because the mainstream media are so dedicated to the proposition that Democrats don't have to care about people like this. Democrats, after all, are peace-loving people. I mean, sure, they preside over many of America's biggest wars, but they are the most peace-loving people. They're the people who we should give all sorts of faith and credence to even as they participate and again, what is the blackest spot on America's foreign policy record, certainly of my lifetime? We'll get to more of what the Gold Star family members and wounded soldiers had to say about Joe Biden and his personal interactions with them. And this is not a good man, folks. We'll get to that in a second. First, you know a company is looking out for you when they actually upgrade your service and don't charge you for it. This is great news for new and current PureTalk customers. PureTalk just added data to every plan and includes a mobile hotspot with no price increase whatsoever. If you've considered PureTalk before, but you haven't made the switch, take a look again. For just 20 bucks a month, you'll get unlimited talk text and now 50% more 5G data plus their new mobile hotspot. This is why I love PureTalk. They're veteran-owned. They only hire the best customer service team located right here in the United States of America. Most families are saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in the country. Remember, you vote with how you spend your money, so why would you give your money to companies that actually hate your guts? When you go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro, you will save an additional 50% off your very first month of coverage because they actually value you. That's puretalk.com slash Shapiro. PureTalk is wireless for Americans by Americans. Go check them out right now. puretalk.com slash Shapiro. I take all of my business calls on PureTalk. They have great coverage. They don't cost me an arm and a leg. And again, it's a company that doesn't hate my guts. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Save 50% off your first month because they actually value puretalk.com slash Shapiro to get started. We'll get to more on this in just a moment. First, we're experiencing a lot of global instability as we plunge into primary season. How are you protecting your family in the middle of all of this chaos? The fact is there's one asset that has withstood famine, war, political and economic upheaval 
dating back to ancient times. That, of course, is gold. It's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold, and Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold can help you create a well-thought-out and balanced investment strategy. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold without paying a penny out of pocket. Diversify into gold today. Just text Ben to 989898 for a free info kit. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to check out Birch Gold today. Text Ben to 989898. Claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold the way that I did. Diversification is always a smart business strategy, particularly in really tenuous times. This is a tenuous time. You should check out my friends over at Birch Gold. Text Ben to 989898. Get in touch with them today. Ask all your questions. Text Ben to 989898 to get started with Birch Gold. Okay, so Sergeant Tyler Vargas Andrews is an American service member who in that blast lost a limb. And he tells the story of Joe Biden visiting him in the hospital. Right away, like, remember him coming up to me, um, trying to shake my hand, like, try to shake my right hand. And I look at him, and I'm like, I don't have an arm. And my left arm is in this big cast with this giant orange foam block around it. I completely immobile. All I can do is move my head. My arm's gone. I'm like, I don't have an arm. And he says, oh, and like kind of stands up and then like goes over to reach for my fingers because about an inch of my fingers are showing and just like grabs my fingers. Doesn't say, doesn't greet me or anything. Just that's what happened. Just grab my fingers. And uh, I was like, okay, that's weird. And, you know, almost immediately starts talking like about how their son served in the military doesn't say anything about what happened. Starts talking about how their son served in the military. And uh, my mom is just like, she's furious at this point. And he leans over me and he's like this close to my face. And he's like, what do you want? And I said, what do you want? Yeah, he said, what do you want? And I said, what? He said, what, what do you want? And I'm just like confused. I'm, I just got blown up. I just saw my friends die next to me. I'm like... I just want to be myself. And he's like, huh? And my mom's furious. And she's like, he said he just wants to be himself. He just wants to be him. He said he just wants to be me. And he goes, oh, okay. And they just continue to talk about everything but what just happened. Joe Biden, most self-centered man in the universe. Again, this is his go-to. Is in tragic circumstance, he goes right to his son, Bo Biden's death, which at the beginning, you understand? But when he's gone to that well hundreds of times at this point, and he's done so in the most inappropriate possible circumstances, at that point, it becomes a political parlor trick. At that point, he's pulling that card out of a hat like a rabbit. And it's gross. And it's disgusting. And when Bo Biden died of brain cancer. Bo Biden did not die because he died as a member of the military. But Joe Biden has tried to suggest that his son Bo's death, which is tragic and terrible, is somehow the equivalent of people being blown up in combat. And in fact, this was his go-to card during the Afghanistan debacle, is that because his son died of cancer, apparently he didn't have to pursue policies that would not get American soldiers blown up in Afghanistan. In fact, Gold Star Mom Cheryl Rex talked about how Joe Biden had invoked Bo and suggested that Bo had died in circumstances similar to um, her own son. When he approached me, his words to me were, my, w- my wife Jill and I know how you feel. We lost our son as well and brought him home in a fog-draped coffin. 
My heart started beating faster, and I started shaking, knowing that their son died from cancer and they were able to be by his side. Also wondering how someone could honestly, sorry, be so heartless to say he knew how I felt a little over 24 hours and learning of my son's death. Just vile, just vile. By the way, the rule, I mean, just, just for those who ever have to visit a house of mourning, the rule is shut up. That is legitimately the rule when you visit a house of mourning is to shut your face because you don't know how that person feels, even if you've gone through something similar. And by the way, this is not similar, but Joe Biden didn't care about these folks. You know, th- this, this whole Karen grandpa routine is a lie. He's a corrupt politician. He has been for 40 years. He's never held a real job outside of the federal government. And he's going around telling people who just lost family members who were blown up that he knows how they feel because he had a son who died of cancer in circumstances entirely unrelated to his military service. Gold Star Father Darren Hoover called for the immediate resignation of Joe Biden and Tony Blinken and all the people who presided over Afghanistan, not without good cause. In closing, I'm calling out Secretary Blinken, Secretary Austin, General Milley, General McKenzie, Lieutenant Colonel Whited, who could not give the order to the snipers to take out the bomber before he detonated his vest and ultimately the president do what our son did be a grown-ass man admit to your mistakes learn from them so that this doesn't happen ever ever again you all need to resign immediately I'll point out at this point, literally no one lost their job. No one lost their job over the Afghanistan debacle, which is insane. It's crazy. No one lost their job. I repeat again. In just a second, we're going to go through, just for a quick review, the timeline of all the lies that Joe Biden told, the, the consistent gaslighting of the American people, the attempts to paint the pullout from Afghanistan as a, as a success. While Americans were left behind, Afghans were falling from wheel wells and Americans were being blown up in Kabul. It is still the the fact that this president is treated with any modicum of respect after what happened in Afghanistan is absolutely beyond me. I understand that in in politics, we have a memory that's about five seconds long. I get it. But I'd just like to point out that the entirety of America's political discourse is currently centered about January 6th, 2021. How much of America's discourse is around August of 2021, which was later? And you know, it was actually significantly more impactful to America's foreign policy. You know, it was significantly more undermining of America's morale. The pullout from Afghanistan. The pullout from Afghanistan, again, the single most disastrous foreign policy decision and, and plan of my lifetime has been completely whitewashed by the American media. And the people who suffered during that plan continue to suffer today because of it have been completely silenced by the media or ignored. We'll get to more on that in just one second. First, let's talk about getting better employees. So we have some pretty great employees here at Daily Wire, but let's say that you have an assistant. Let's just, we'll call her Kelly for, for the sake of argument. And say, Kelly, she's great at her job. She's really detail-oriented. She's really on top of things. But every morning, you get nervous. And the reason you get nervous is because your assistant comes in and she's doing one of two smiles. You don't know which smile it's going to be. There's the relaxed good morning smile. And then there's the smile that is so thinly pasted on her face that it is very clear that she's incredibly stressed out and bad things are about to happen. And you get that churning feeling in your stomach. You're not sure exactly what Kelly's going to say. Because, again, terrible actress, this Kelly. 
She comes in with this smile and you're like, you know what? Maybe I need to look at ZipRecruiter. Well, if you need to replace your employee, ZipRecruiter is the place to go. ZipRecruiter knows how tough it is. They figured out solutions for the problems you're facing. See for yourself right now. You can try them for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wired. To reach more of the right people, ZipRecruiter will post your job to 100 plus job sites. ZipRecruiter's smart technology finds great matches for your job and lets you invite the most qualified people to apply for that job. Their pricing is simple and straightforward. You can stick to your budget, no surprises. Team up with ZipRecruiter, a hiring partner who understands what you need. Four to five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within day one. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash DailyWire. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, we all know the first thing we do when we get home from work is change out of those work clothes and jump into loungewear. Well, luckily for me, I have Tommy John to come home to as I slip into my Tommy John loungewear set. I'm immediately enveloped in a cocoon of supreme softness and unparalleled comfort. Not only is their loungewear cozy enough to use as sleepwear, well, if I have to walk to the park with my kids, I don't look like a schlub. And guys, you might be wondering how these things can get any better. Their underwear is the best. I've been talking about this for years. If you haven't tried them, you're missing out. I took all the other underwear I had. I threw them out. I only wear Tommy John's. Tommy John's stylish and soft second skin underwear has dozens of comfort innovations, like a supportable contour pouch, a breathable light wick, moisture wicking fabric with four times the stretch of competing brands. Plus, Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee protects your most valuable assets. So what exactly are you waiting for? Try Tommy John today. You can thank me later. For silky soft comfort with sophisticated style, check out Tommy John's luxurious second skin limited edition colors right now at TommyJohn.com slash Ben. They're going fast, so hurry to TommyJohn.com slash Ben. Okay, so just to remind you, Joe Biden being an abject liar and a fool and a blowhard and an arrogant liar, fool and blowhard all at once. On April 14, 2001, Joe Biden said that we were leaving Afghanistan. We were doing it not hastily. We were doing it responsibly. Here was Joe Biden, April 14, 2021. It was just weeks, just weeks after the terrorist attack on our nation that killed 2,977 innocent souls that turned lower Manhattan into a disaster area, destroyed parts of the Pentagon, and made hallowed ground of a field in Shanksville, Pennsylvania, and sparked an American promise that we would never forget. So in keeping with that agreement and with our national interest, the United States will begin our final withdrawal, begin it on May 1 of this year. We'll not conduct a hasty rush to the exit. We'll do it, we'll do it responsibly, deliberately, and safely. This this bleeping liar, this bleeping liar. July 8th, Joe Biden said, don't worry, this won't be like Saigon. It was exactly like, it wasn't exactly like Saigon. Saigon was better organized than this, by far, not close. Some, some Vietnamese veterans see echoes of their experience in this withdrawal in Afghanistan. Do you see any parallels between this withdrawal and what happened in Vietnam with some people feeling- None whatsoever, zero. What you had is you had entire brigades breaking through the gates of our embassy. Six, if I'm not mistaken. The Taliban is not the, South, the North Vietnamese army. They're not, they're not remotely comparable in terms of capability. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And by the way, his people were telling him that this collapse was going to happen. They were all telling him this. And he didn't care because he's a stubborn ass. And not only is he an ass and a fool, but he's a bad person. He's a bad person. He knew all this. He didn't make any plans. And then again, when things went wrong, he did not care. By August 18th, this is, this is about eight days before the bombing that killed 13 American service members. He was saying, knock on wood, nobody's died. It's all going great. It's all going great. 
Sure, it's not true that nobody had died. Tons of Afghans had already died. They didn't care about that, obviously. It took two days to take control of the airport. We have control of the airport now. Still a lot of pandemonium outside the airport. Well, there is, but look, but no one's being killed right now. God forgive me if I'm wrong about that, but no one's being killed right now. No one was being killed right then, he said, at the, at the airport, not across the country. Across the country, thousands of people were being murdered by the Taliban, like dragged out of their house and killed, but he doesn't care about that. That same day, he said, don't worry, we're not going to leave our Afghan allies behind. By the way, spoiler alert, we left tens of thousands of Afghan allies behind. We're going to do everything, everything that we can to provide safe evacuation for our Afghan allies, partners, and Afghans who, 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 who might be targeted. If because of their association with the United States. He was a liar. We left all those people to be murdered. He said two days later, we would not leave Americans behind. This too is a lie. We left hundreds of Americans behind. We're going to do everything in our power to get all Americans out and our allies out. Does that mean troops will stay beyond August 31st if necessary? It depends on where we are and whether we can get ramp these numbers up to five to 7,000 a day coming out. If that's the case, they'll all be out. Because we've got like 10 to 15,000 Americans in the country right now, right? And are you committed to making sure that the troops stay until every American who wants to be out is out? Yes. How about our Afghan allies? We have about 80,000. Liar. Well, that's not the Is that too high? That's too high. How many? The estimate we're giving is somewhere between 50 and 65,000 folks total, counting their families. Does the commitment hold for them as well? That's way better. Commitment holds to get everyone out that, in fact, we can get out and everyone should come out. And that's the objective. That's insane. The commitment holds to get everyone out who we can get out. That's not a commitment. That same day, by the way, Joe Biden also said Al-Qaeda were not in Afghanistan. A lie, an abject, clear, and obvious lie to everyone. In fact, we're relying on the exact same people who were involved in 9-11 to provide security at the airport. Here was Joe Biden. We made clear to the Taliban that any attack, any attack on our forces or disruption of our operations at the airport will be met with swift and forceful response. We're also keeping a close watch on any potential terrorist threat at or around the airport. No, they weren't. No, they, they damned weren't, obviously. We now have dead American service people to prove it. This is the great moral exemplar of our age. This is the person who brought honor back to the White House. This one, this one. The fact that the media have, again, basically shoved this entire incident back into the shadows is demonstrative of just where their allegiances lie. And it is not, apparently, with sympathy for American troops. It's an amazing, it's just amazing. It's an amazing thing. According to a recent report, Planned Parenthood continues to rake in billions of dollars. Planned Parenthood is generating vast profits, including millions in taxpayer funding. Preborn operates on a very slim budget as they rescue over 200 babies' lives every single day. They don't get any government funding. They rely on donors like you, donors like me. Preborn's network of clinics are situated in the darkest corners, competing head-to-head with the abortion giants. They need our help now more than ever. When you donate 28 bucks to Preborn, you will offer a free ultrasound to an expectant mom caught in crisis. Once she hears that heartbeat, sees that precious life, her baby's chance at life doubles. Please sponsor a precious baby's life today. Your tax-deductible gift will go directly toward saving babies' lives, so be generous. There's no way to regret saving a baby's life. Preborn helps to do that. The ultrasound quality these days is just astonishing. Our beautiful baby, we met him months and months and months before he was born via ultrasound. You know your baby because of ultrasound. We are the answer to saving lives. Donate 
by dialing pound 250 and saying keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby or go to preborn.com slash Ben. That's preborn.com slash Ben. Go check them out right now. Preborn.com slash Ben to help save a life today. Okay, so just to get back to our timeline, just two days before the bombing at the at the Kabul airport, Jen Psaki was saying that everything was a massive success. This is August 24th. The president have a sense that most of the criticism is not of leaving Afghanistan. It's the way that he has ordered it to happen by pulling the troops before getting these Americans who are now stranded. Does he have a sense of that? First of all, I think it's irresponsible to say Americans are stranded. They are not. We are committed to bringing Americans who want to come home home. We are in touch with them via phone, via text, via email, via any way that we can possibly reach Americans to get them home if they want to return home. There are no Americans stranded is the White House's official position on what's happening in Afghanistan. Right I'm now. just calling you out for saying that we are stranding Americans in Afghanistan when I said when we have been very clear that we are not leaving Americans who want to return home. We are going to bring them home. And I think that's important for the American public to hear and understand. Okay. Okay, that lady now has a show on MSNBC. Again, no one lost their job. Everyone failed upward here. The bombing, of course, took place on August 26th. The administration was openly saying at this point that they were relying on the Taliban to provide security at the airport, which is legitimately the worst idea in human history. Here is um, General Ken McKenzie of CENTCOM saying that they relied on the Taliban for security at the airport where the bombing took place. Do you still trust the Taliban, and is it possible that they let this happen? So as to whether or not they let it happen, I don't know. I don't think there's anything to anything to convince me that they let it happen. As to whether or not I trust them, that's a that's not necessarily a, that's a word I use very carefully. You've heard me say before, it's not what they say, it's what they do. They have a practical reason for wanting us to get out of here by the 31st of August. And that's that they want to reclaim, they want to reclaim the airfield. Uh, we we want to get out by that day, too, if it's going to be possible to do so. So we share a common purpose. We share a common purpose with the Taliban, we were told, by this disgusting administration. When the bodies came back home, Joe Biden, he was in a rush. He had things to do. I mean, reruns of Matlock were on. You'll recall that as they took the bodies off the planes, Joe Biden was looking at his watch. Joe Biden was looking at his watch. He's just a vile man. On August 26th, according to USA Today, 11 Marines, one Navy hospital corpsman, and an Army soldier were killed in bombings and gunfire at Hamid Karzai International Airport. ISIS-K claimed responsibility. It also killed 169 Afghans. Biden said during remarks, the American service members who gave their lives, they were heroes, heroes who have been engaged in a dangerous, selfless mission to save the lives of others. Biden met with service family members and attended his first dignified transfer as president. That'd be the transfer of the bodies. And... Um, he uh, checked his watch, apparently, three separate times during the ceremony. Associated Press photos taken 10 minutes apart show Biden checking his watch during the ceremony. Another photo from Ajahn Supran's press, distributed by Getty, also shows Biden glancing at his watch as well. And a video from C-SPAN showed Biden checking his watch once near the end of the dignified transfer ceremony. Again, deeply important for the president to know what time it is during the dignified transfer ceremony. He's got his hand over his heart and his eyes on his watch. This is a person who truly, truly cares because after all, he has to declare a success. And just a couple of days later, that's exactly what he was doing. He went on national television and said the whole thing had been a wonderful success for his administration. This is August 31st. Last night in Kabul, the United States ended 20 years of war in Afghanistan, the longest war in American history. 
We completed one of the biggest airlifts in history, with more than 120,000 people evacuated to safety. That number is more than double what most experts thought were possible. No nation, no nation has ever done anything like it in all of history. The only the United States had the capacity and the will and ability to do it, and we did it today. The extraordinary success of this mission was due to the incredible skill, bravery, and selfless courage of the United States military and our diplomats and intelligence professionals. Never forget how this man sinned against the American people, against our Afghan allies, and against soldiers and their families. We, we should not be forgetting that. By the way, just as a capper to all of this, after the bombing, Joe Biden then proceeded to drone randomly a, an entire family in Afghanistan. According to the New York Times, almost everything senior defense officials asserted in the hours and then days and then weeks after a, an August 29th drone strike turned out to be false. The exclu- explosives the military claimed were loaded in the trunk of a white Toyota sedan struck by the drone's Hellfire missile were water bottles. A secondary explosion in the courtyard in a densely populated Kabul ne- neighborhood where the attack took place was a propane or gas tank, according to officials. The car posed no threat at all. They blew up a car in order to demonstrate Joe Biden was a strong, tough leader. And so uh, they just killed 10 civilians. For no reason. One of them was apparently somebody who worked with Afghan translators. That is who Joe Biden is. That's what Americans should be focused on going into the 2024 election. And that's why these families will never see the light of day on national news. That's why these Gold Star family members, you won't hear their names. Again, not, not, certainly not outside of conservative media. It's why the names of the soldiers won't be household names. You'll hear endlessly about January 6th, where no one was actually killed, except for Ashley Babbitt, one of the rioters. You'll hear endlessly about it. You won't hear a damned word from now until the election from the mainstream media about the debacle of the Afghanistan pullout that ended with at least 13 American service members dead, hundreds of Americans left behind, thousands of Afghan allies left behind, and 38 million people under the tender mercies of the Taliban. You'll never hear about it because it underscores exactly what Joe Biden is, which is a person absolutely unfit for the presidency. And that's leaving aside the fact that he is physically unfit for the presidency. Yesterday, he continued to wander around aimlessly. We have a a morally benighted, nearly dementia-ridden old man as the president of the United States. Here he was yesterday wandering around. There was some sort of ceremony at the White House for the Houston Astros. And uh, once again, here he is just wandering around aimlessly. Where is he? Oh, where am I supposed to go? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, who am I talking to? Why am I here? I don't know. All right, I'm just going to... I don't know. Everybody uh, clapping for him. For people like, what is even happening right now? Because this is uh, this is who he is. By the way, when you want to talk about Joe Biden and his uh, corruption, leaving aside all of the Hunter Biden corruption, which is still going to haunt the rest of his campaign, we should point out at this point that Joe Biden and the FBI and law enforcement officials crammed censorship down on the American people in the early years of his administration, including on the Daily Wire. We now know that the FBI under the auspices of Joe Biden, was doing that sort of stuff. That members of the FBI were cracking down on the Joe Biden, Hunter Biden laptop story during the election cycle itself. These are the conditions under which we labor to have a fair election in this country. Under a condition of censorship, where the biggest stories get downplayed, smaller stories get upplayed, and certain stories get buried absolutely, completely. There's a reason why Joe Biden never feels the necessity to answer questions, and that's because nobody in the media actually wants to ask him a tough question. Yesterday, he was uh, back from his vacation. He spent 
pretty much half his presidency at this point in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, where he uh, sits on a beach doing nothing and uh, ignored questions from the press, obviously. Catch you later. Got to lean forward because if he uh, if he stands upright for even a hot second, he will be on his butt in a matter of uh, of moments. Uh, even NBC News at this point is recognizing that his brand is tarnished and it should be tarnished. Quote, President Joe Biden's brand as a family-oriented public servant has been a signature political asset that for more than 50 years has helped him win the argument that when judged up against the alternative rather than the almighty, he stacks up pretty well. But the burnish on Biden's brand is being tested like never before ahead of a close 2024 election. Some of the president's Democratic allies are worried about potential fallout from a confluence of family drama that's built into public view and from Republican attacks that cut at the bedrock of Biden's longtime political appeal. The GOP-led House is investigating the extent of Biden's role in helping his son Biden, Hunter, earn millions of dollars from foreign business interests during his time as vice president. In a matter of much more personal nature, Biden recently acknowledged for the first time that he has a seventh grandchild, Navy Joan Roberts, a four-year-old daughter of Hunter Biden. And again, this is all leaving aside the fact that the man doesn't care about anything that is not in his immediate purview. He is, he truly is a bad man. And we should remember that because again, the attempt by the media to paint him as some sort of genteel elderly fellow is so far from the reality of who Joe Biden is that it, it beggars the imagination. Okay, in just one second, we'll get to the latest cultural hero of the day. I know it's gonna be somebody who I never heard of in one second, an actual rapper, I believe who uh, is a cultural hero of the day. We'll get to that momentarily first. Most people only think about poor air quality when we have fires like the ones that happen in Canada, which cause New York to be a strange orange color, making the air quality absolutely garbage. But have you stopped to think about the polluted air in your day-to-day life? You and your family's health could be affected by the air quality in your home. Allergens and germs floating in the air you breathe, they can make you sick. The good news is that there's technology out there that helps you purify your living space easily and affordably. With EnviroCleanse, you'll never have to worry again. EnviroCleanse is an in-home air purifying unit designed to destroy cold and flu viruses, allergy-inflaming toxins, mold, and even more. EnviroCleanse promises far fewer colds, allergies, and better sleep. They even give you a free air quality monitor to test the difference in your own home. If all home air purifiers are the same, why exactly did the U.S. Department of Defense select EnviroCleanse to protect and purify the air on board our Navy ships? Their air purifiers come in all sizes, colors, and prices to fit every budget. And they offer additional products like surface cleaner and laundry detergent. EnviroCleanse, it's the air purifier we use here in the studio. And you can do the same. It's quiet. It gives me peace of mind that I'm breathing in healthy air while we do the show. Breathe in the pure air. Live a healthier life. Visit ekpure.com. Use code Ben for 10% off your EnviroCleanse home air purification unit. Right now, you also get their free air quality monitor plus fast free shipping. It's $150 savings. ekpure.com, code Ben. That's ekpure.com, promo code Ben. Also, when we signed Jordan Peterson here at Daily Wire Plus, it was a huge win for people who champion free speech and intellectual debate. With one year of unparalleled output, his contributions have set new standards and remain unmatched by any other platform. Daily Wire Plus now has a vast array of exclusive Jordan Peterson content, offering hundreds of hours of captivating content you're not going to find anywhere else. Jordan has created thought-provoking works that reshape your perspective on life. Those include Vision and Destiny, Marriage, and Dragons, Monsters, and Men. Additionally, you can immerse yourself in discussions that nurture your spiritual side, like Logos and Literacy and Jordan's groundbreaking series on the Book of Exodus. That's only the beginning. We haven't even talked about his Beyond Order lecture series or his extensive archive of lectures and podcasts. We got basically everything over here, Jordan Peterson related, and this is only the beginning. By becoming a Daily Wire Plus member, you'll embark on an unforgettable experience that will fuel your thirst for knowledge and inspire personal growth like never before. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Become a member today. Already meanwhile, we have our hero of the day. I've been reliably informed by producer Savvy, who would know because I have no idea, that Neo is not just a character from The Matrix. Neo, spelled N-E-Y-O, 
is an R&B singer. Did not know that. Had no clue. But this Neo person, not from The Matrix, again, not, not Keanu Reeves, uh, he is saying true things and then defending himself saying true things, which is like, this is good stuff, okay? This stuff doesn't happen very often in pop culture. So Neo, again, not Matrix guy, the R&B singer. He was on a show in which he committed the grave sin of suggesting that five-year-olds should not be picking their own gender. Here's what he had to say. Parents have almost almost forgotten what the role of a parent is. Amen. It's like, okay, if your little boy comes to you and says, Daddy, I want to be a girl. And you just let him rock with that? You just let... Right. He's five. Right. And where did he get that if from? If you let this five-year-old boy decide to eat candy all day, he's going to do that. Exactly. Like, when, when did it become a good idea to let a five-year-old, let a six-year-old, let a 12-year-old make a life-changing decision for themselves? Right. When did that happen? Right. Like, I don't, I don't understand that. Correct. Correct. Okay, so he said that. And the LGBTQ plus minus divided by sign Rainbow Mafia came for him. Uh, and, uh, and they said that he was very, very bad. And then he put out a statement on his Twitters. This statement on his Twitters was an apology tweet. And it said, quote, after much reflection, I'd like to express my deepest apologies to anyone I may have hurt with my comments on parenting and gender identity. I've always been an advocate of love and inclusivity in the LGBTQI plus community. So I understand how my comments could have been interpreted as insensitive and offensive. Gender identity is nuanced. And I can honestly admit I plan to better educate myself on the topic so I can approach future conversations with more empathy. At the end of the day, I lead with love and support everyone's freedom of expression and pursuit of happiness. Aww. Well, I mean, that was the Maoist struggle session apology. But it turns out that he didn't write it, actually. Believe it or not, I I mean, shocker. It was his PR agency. It was they who decided that Neo, not the guy from The Matrix, the R&B singer, had to walk this one back. Because obviously, it was terrible that he had suggested that five-year-olds cannot, in fact, choose their own gender. And it's bad parenting to suggest that they can. Well, yesterday, he was getting ripped up and down by a lot of people on the interwebs, pointing out that um, what he said in the first place was not wrong. And uh, he did something that you almost never see. He came out and he walked back the walk back. He said, I didn't write that. I didn't put that out. And this is bull crap. What I said in the first place is right. First and foremost, I do not apologize for having an opinion on this matter. I am a 43-year-old heterosexual man raising five boys and two girls, okay? That's my reality. Now, if my opinion offended somebody, yeah, sure, I apologize for you being offended because that wasn't my intention. My intention is never to offend anybody. However, I'm entitled to feel how I feel. I was asked a question and I answered the damn question, okay? I have no beef with the LBGTQIA plus community whatsoever. I ain't got no beef with y'all. Do whatever the hell it is you want to do. Do what you want to do with your kids. However, somebody asked my opinion on this matter and this is how I feel. I will never be okay with allowing a child to make a decision that detrimental to their life. I will never be okay with that. I don't care. I, I definitely plan to educate myself a little bit more on this matter. However, I doubt that there's any book anywhere or any opinion that somebody's going to tell me that's going to make me okay with letting a child make a decision like that. That's just period, point blank, and that's how I feel. So I like this Neo. This Neo is better than the one in the Matrix. He's really good. That's awesome. And really good for him because let's be real about this. When you just say no to the mob, the mob has no power over you. It's only when you don't say no to the mob, when you cave to the mob, they have endless power over you because the moment you show them your throat, they just have you by it. They have you by the throat and then they just choke the life out of you. And the next time you step out of line, they club you. And the next time you step out of line, they club you again. What Neo did here by basically castrating his own managers and saying, no, this is not how I feel. I'm going to say what I want to say. 
You, you think he undermined his vast audience? Of course he did not. Do you think there are going to be tons of people who boycott Neo because of this? The answer, of course, is not. Instead, what he actually did is he said something that everyone in America knows to be true. And those who say that it's not true, they're pretending and lying for the sake of political correctness and for political alliance and convenience. Good for Neo. Good for him. We need more of that in our pop culture. And here's the reality. If, if celebrities aren't going to do it, who the hell is? Is it going to be the regular guy who has to face down DEI and ESG at his workplace and the threat of being fired and losing his, his livelihood? Neo's a very wealthy dude. That dude is a best-selling R&B singer, I've been widely informed. And this means that he can actually afford to take on the powers that be in this particular area. So good for him. Good for him. Again, you rarely see it. When it does happen, it is worthy of celebration. It is worthy of, of being lauded. On all sides of the political aisle, the courage to speak the truth is a big, big thing. Good for, good for Neo on this. Okay, meanwhile, we are still awaiting more charges for Donald Trump because today ending in Y. Apparently, according to the Wall Street Journal, already facing three criminal indictments, Donald Trump is now bracing for a fourth in Georgia that is likely to come with a legal twist he hasn't faced yet. Sprawling racketeering charges. This is one of Fannie Willis's favorite charges. Fulton County DA Fannie Willis is a prosecutor who made a name for herself bringing charges like this in high profile cases. Lawyers who have followed the investigation, including some who have worked with Willis in the past, expect her to invoke Georgia's, Georgia's RICO Act. That is the um, Racketeering Influence and Corruption Organization Act, modeled after the federal racketeering Influence and Corrupt Organizations Act of 1970. Signs are certainly pointing in that direction, said Anthony Michael Kreese, a law professor at Georgia State University. Within the next couple of weeks, a grand jury is expected to consider whether criminal charges are appropriate for Trump and his allies, all the people who supposedly intervene in the Georgia election. Trump has pled, of course, not guilty in both Washington, D.C. and Florida to all federal charges and to that separate case in New York surrounding campaign finance. Georgia's RICO law is a powerful tool for Willis. The state code is modeled after a federal statute, which was designed to help take down the mafia. Under both the federal and Georgia's RICO law, if prosecutors show there's an organization of people who commit crimes together on a recurring basis, members can be prosecuted for crimes that the group committed together. So this is supposedly the way that Willis is probably going to go about it. The RICO statute lends itself well to the Georgia investigation because Trump allies around the country tried a range of tactics to keep him in power, according to legal experts. Andrew Fleischman, defense lawyer in Atlanta, says it gives prosecutors lots of choices as far as venue goes, at least very long, complicated trials that wear down defense attorneys. Critics of the RICO laws say it allows the government to join defendants with little connection to each other into a single prosecution. So in other words, Rudy committed a crime. So now we wrap in John Eastman and now we wrap in Trump and then we just wrap it all up with a bow. Willis says that she likes the RICO sort of stuff. She says, I think jurors are very, very intelligent. They want to know what happened. They want to make an accurate decision about someone's life. And so RICO is a tool that allows the prosecutor's office and law enforcement to tell the whole story. So we are awaiting presumably racketeering charges against Trump coming in Georgia. Meanwhile, Donald Trump is, as you would imagine, again, I understand it. He's distracted with these legal cases as he will be all the way up until the election. So instead of talking about Afghanistan and Joe Biden being a bad person, instead, what we're going to get is a lot of talk about Jack Smith and maybe some side swipes at uh, St. Mitch McConnell. So yesterday, Donald Trump went after Jack Smith at one of his rallies. Deranged Jack Smith. He's a deranged human being. You take a look at that face. You say, that guy is a sick man. There's something wrong with him. I went through, Somebody said, why don't you be nice to him? I said, yeah, wouldn't matter. Wouldn't matter. This guy's a maniac. They gave me a maniac. Okay, so this is going to be the campaign. And by the way, even if he's right, this is still going to be the campaign. He, he did take some time off yesterday from doing that to sideswipe Mitch McConnell for a reason I cannot discern, considering McConnell has been one of his less vocal critics over time. Uh, he got booed, McConnell did, at an event. And uh, Donald Trump then said, I agree 
Boo, retire, 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 boo. Now, let's make something very clear. Donald Trump's chief achievement as president of the United States was putting three conservative justices on the Supreme Court. There's only one man he has to thank for that. It's Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell is the reason that Donald Trump has a judicial legacy at all. It was Mitch McConnell, not Donald Trump, who stopped Merrick Garland, the current attorney general, the corrupt attorney general, from being on the Supreme Court in the first place. It was Mitch McConnell who basically ensured that Brett Kavanaugh got on the court. It was Mitch McConnell who ensured that conservatives entered the Supreme Court of the United States as Donald Trump picked them. And that is how Donald Trump treats his friends. This is, again, we can run this campaign. Is it going to go amazing? I have some doubts. I have some doubts. Meanwhile, the media doing their best to uh, take out the only plausible rival to Donald Trump at this point, Ron DeSantis. Yesterday, they went after DeSantis because DeSantis did an interview with NBC. DeSantis claimed correctly that Democrats want abortion to be legal through all nine months. And Dasha Burns tried to fact check him, saying that it's a misrepresentation of what happening. Just 1.3% of abortions happen at 21 weeks or higher, which still is like 12,000 abortions a year. But yes, Democrats openly admit that they are in favor of abortion up till point of birth. This is particularly true in New York, where literally the Empire State Building was lit up pink after a piece of legislation signed by Andrew Cuomo that legalized abortion through all nine months in the state of New York. The, the, the simple fact is that the DeSantis is right on that. It doesn't matter. The media are still going after him. It's sort of a two-pronged attack. On the one hand, they're trying to undermine him with the base by suggesting that he said the election is, was all on the up and up in 2020, which is not what he said. What he actually said is that Donald Trump lost, but that there are plenty of factors stacked against Donald Trump. That is true. And then they're trying to claim that he's lying about abortion, which again, is not true. Understand the tactic here for the media. The media's tactic is build up Joe Biden, ignore his problems, attack Trump, attack DeSantis. That's... That's the media strategy. Alrighty, now to the things that I like and things that I hate today. So things that I like. So there's actually some sad news. William Friedkin, famous director, he died yesterday at the age of 87. He's most famous for films like The Exorcist and Sorcerer. I think that his best movie is actually one that, that nobody thinks is his best movie, which is Rules of Engagement. So The French Connection won a bunch of Oscars, including Best Picture, obviously. Um, Sorcerer was a remake of another great French film called Wages of Fear. But um, Rules of Engagement is my personal favorite because it is an actual gutsy take on what the war on terror actually looks like. And it was made in 2000 before the actual war on terror. Here is a, a little bit of the preview for Rules of Engagement starring Tommy Lee Jones and Samuel L. Jackson. What do you think? I think they're out to crucify you. Fighting a well-trained fighting unit ignored the rules of engagement when their orders were simply to protect and, if necessary, evacuate the embassy. It was a peaceful crowd. That is, until Colonel Childers arrived and prevented me from pursuing further avenues of diplomacy. Why are we sitting here? Look at me! The movie is tremendous. It's Ben Kingsley as an ambassador in an unnamed Arab country, and the, the embassy is being overrun, and Marines are sent in to protect the evacuation and there is firing from the crowd and the Marines fire on the crowd. And Samuel Jackson's the person in charge. And they bring him up on charges of human rights violations and massacring civilians, supposedly. And Tommy Lee Jones is the lawyer who has to defend him. It's a really good film. It's a really gutsy film about what actually tends to happen in the Middle East and the intermingling of civilian and terrorist targets. It's, it's a really ballsy film. Honestly, totally worth the watch. Great cast. Everybody from Guy Pierce to Tommy Lee Jones, Samuel Jackson, to Ben Kingsley is terrific in it. Super underrated film. Go check it out today. Rules of Engagement. Again, that is William Friedkin, uh, who passed away yesterday. Hey, time for some things that I hate. 
So shortly after, the New York Times decided that it is no longer racist to sing a song called Kill the Boar. The person who was singing that, the head of a group called EFF in South Africa, he then came out and was like, oh, no, no, I was pretty serious about that. He says, never be afraid to kill. Killing is revolutionary. Here he was. You must never be scared to kill. A revolution demands that at some point there must be killing because the killing is part of a revolutionary act. So um, presumably that sort of genocidal language is totally okay. I mean, the New York Times is downplaying Kill the Boar as, you know, just an old rebellion song. Julius Malema, apparently it's totally fine what he is saying when he uses genocidal language because obviously he's a man of the left and of the racial left. And so that's the thing that really matters in the end. Okay, meanwhile, the media are out in full-scale defense of Megan Rapino, who blew the U.S. women national soccer team ability to move on in the World Cup. Again, am I going to pretend I care very much about that? No, I'm, I'm not because I, I never cared about women's soccer, nor will I ever care about women's soccer. And it just, it, it's, not, it's not going to happen. But Megan Rapino is um, a nasty person. Ma- Ma- Megan Rapino is the kind of person who kneels for the national anthem while benefiting more richly than pretty much anybody in human history from America's freedoms and liberalism. It, it is totally incredible that a person who is truly as privileged as Megan Rapino, who makes lots of money for playing a sport no one has ever cared about or watched, and pretending to be a rebel in a culture that celebrates her, that she is so championed by the by the establishment. It really is amazing. So a lot of people were like, you know what? This women's national soccer team, which has boycotted the national anthem and that champions people like Megan Rapinoe talking about how terrible and racist America is. You know what? I'm glad they lost. I'm gl- and I feel it. I get it. I'm, I'm there, man. Because when you root for the team, if the team doesn't, I like America. If the team says America's bad, I don't like the team. It's pretty much as simple as that. That's not everybody on the team. It's certainly Megan Rapinoe and the people who are most valorized by the media. Well, now the media are very angry that people are you know, kind of chortling over the fact that Megan Rapino and her team are out and that she's the one who really blew it. The Washington Post, Candace Buckner says, it's America first, unless the U.S. women's national team is involved. This is the highest form of gaslighting. It wasn't America first for the team. The team didn't like America, or at least its most prominent members didn't. So if we don't like the team, that's because we like America. It's absurd. It's like saying, I think Howard Zinn is bad. And like, well, he is an American author, so you must hate America. It's like, no, the dude hates America. That's why I don't like Howard's in. It's ridiculous. But says Candace Buckner, they waited four long years for this, stocking up on antiquated ammunition and preparing their muskets for the most pointless fight. Well, I noticed you're writing about it. When Megan Rapinoe, the lion-hearted heroine for one side and a woke traitor for the other, missed the target on her penalty kick, her enemies prepared to take long-range shots from across the globe. Theirs is a thousand-year culture war with no end in sight and no purpose beyond stirring the pot. Oh, we declared the culture war, did we? I noticed she's the one who's kneeling for the national anthem, convincing her fellow teammates to do so, whining about a non-existent pay gap, and then proclaiming that she was a victim in a society that turns her into one of the most prominent people in America and has her getting medals from the president of the United States. We declared the culture war. This is my favorite thing. Honestly, the, the left is constantly playing the game that older siblings play with the younger siblings, where they grab the younger sibling's arm, hit their younger sibling with their own arm, and go, stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting your... This is what they do. It's, it's total gaslighting. You start the culture war and you declare the culture war. And then when we notice it and we say, no, we don't like these people like, ah, because you hate America. Why are you starting a culture war? All conservatives have been doing for my entire lifetime is saying things that were true for all of human history with regard to the culture war. Literally all of human history, male, female, child, foundational building point of all societies. No, that's a culture war position. Boys are not girls. Oh, it's a massive culture war position. Whoa. 
men and women should be treated individually in the marketplace. No. Oh, my. that's a culture war. It's amazing that you say things that are perfectly obvious, like two plus two equals four. They're like, whoa, that's a culture war. That's a culture war because there are people out there who say it isn't. And until five seconds ago, everyone thought two plus two is four. But now that's now become a, an absolute hallmark of, of thinking that is that is biased and terrible and patriarchal. This column says, if for a moment we can ignore the throbbing migraine and mental fatigue caused by the vitriol and take this bottom feeder conversation at face value, we are surmised the U.S. women lost to Sweden not because they could not score a goal through 120 minutes, but because the players were anti-American. No, that's not why they lost. That's not why we're saying we lost. We're just saying we're happy they lost because they are anti-American. That would be why. I don't care why they lost. I mean, I don't, again, I don't care about women's soccer. A good high school boys team could beat the living hell out of the women's national soccer team. They did. The under-15 football club of Dallas beat the women's soccer team like 5-1 to one or something. But, says this columnist, they exited the World Cup in the round of 16 because the majority of starters were too busy protesting the military to mount the lyrics of the Star Spangled Banner before marches. It was shocking. Most of the U.S. players are new to the team and new to this liberal versus conservative conflict that grips the nation they are supposedly to proudly represent. They were not part of the core that won the program's fourth World Cup in 2019, while also carrying the burden of calling out its own federation and fighting institutionalized gender discrimination. Through it all, the team's lightning rod of a spokesperson, Rapino, wanted to smoke on any social and cultural matter she could find. For her rainbow pride, for her right knee that at times remained on the grass during the national anthem, for a gut reaction about potentially accepting an invitation to be honored by the former one-time president, I'm not going to the effing White House, Rapino became the representative of the national team and the right's enemy of the state. Again, she declared these positions and we said we didn't like them. And she was the person you touted as the most important soccer player in human history. Better than Lionel Messi. And more important to future world prosperity and peace than Gandhi. This was you guys. Following the loss, Alexi Lalas, a former men's national team player, current Fox analyst and well-known provocateur, called the team polarizing and unlikable to a portion of America. That is true. But they seem strange coming from a person who's being paid to elevate soccer knowledge for Americans, not to Hannity-ize the game. And this is, it's always the same stupid game. You declare a culture war, we notice it, we don't like it, and it's our fault. Don't be gaslit by these morons. Don't be gaslit by them. You're, it's okay to say that you're happy Megan Rapino lost. It's okay to say that. All right, guys, the rest of the show continues right now. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll be getting into the mailbag. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code Shapiro at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. Click that link in the description and join us. <laughs> We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. <laughs> 